Today's episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Locked On Phillies podcast. Today is Monday, April 12th, 2021. I am your host, recent Temple Media School graduate and lifelong Philadelphia Phillies fan, Dan Wilson. And on today's episode, well, we got a lot to get to. What a weekend it was in Atlanta, and a weekend that looked like it was not going to go very well for the Phillies. First of all, on Friday, they lose a game 8-1 to to the Atlanta Braves. House of Horrors down at Truist Park in Atlanta continues for the fight in Phils. On Saturday, they lose a heartbreaker to the Atlanta Braves again down there at Truist Park. A little bit of a blunder on a comebacker to Jose Alvarado. He turns, thinks he's got a double play to get Freddie Freeman out of the inning. Didi Gregorius charged in. Now he's got to go home, and the game, what turned out to be the game-winning run for the Braves come in. They lose that game by one. And then last night, on Sunday Night Baseball, a, a hell of a finish that is sparking a lot of controversy online during the broadcast. Didi Gregorius hits right in the middle of it again for the Phils, and a tie game in the ninth hits a ball to left field to Marcelo Ozuna. Ozuna does not get a lot on the throw. The throw goes a few, takes two bounces, goes wide of the catcher, Darno. Darno's got a lean back. Alec Bohm slides in. You can, I tweeted the video. The video is everywhere. If you haven't seen it by now, does not appear, in my opinion, that Alec Bohm actually touched the plate. The umpire calls him safe. They go to the video replay, and he, they ultimately say that they don't have enough conclusive evidence to say that he didn't get it. Hector Neris has a clean bottom half of the ninth inning. And the Phillies win one hell of a ball game, 7-6. And salvage what was an otherwise horrendous series down in Atlanta for the Phils. This was a series that, look, after sweeping the, the Braves up here at Citizens Bank Park, you really wanted to, it would have been great to go down there and win two. You know, you get 19 games a year against this Braves team. Three, three series in Philly, three in Atlanta. You get that against all the division teams. But the Braves being the team to beat in the National League East, you feel like these are the games where you prove are the have you proved yourself, you proved to the fan base, you proved to the city, you proved to baseball whether you've taken that step or not. And in the opening series of the season, the Phillies ran through the Braves pretty easily. The team didn't really hit. Freddie Freeman was held hitless for the first time in his career against the Phillies in a series. And everyone pitched relatively well. You had the beginning of your rotation with Nola pitching well on opening day besides one mistake to Sandoval. You had Zach Wheeler allowing just one hit in the Saturday game. Zach Eflin pitching really well in a pitcher's duel 2-1 to one in that Sunday game. And you're like, wow, this team, even when they don't get that offensive spark, they can hang with one of the best teams in all of baseball, a team that was a game away from going to the World Series last year, the team to beat in the National League East. And hold their own. And maybe this team will be different. Then they come back and win two out of three against the Mets. And you're saying, this team is different. And this is a tough beginning of the schedule. And then they head down to Atlanta, a place where they have not played historically well, especially since moving to the new ballpark, mostly because the Braves have been good since they've played in this new ballpark. And they've been the team to beat in the division since playing in this new ballpark, now called Truist Park, formerly SunTrust Park. But also, they just hit really well at home. And you saw Freddie Freeman totally undoing what he did in the first series. You saw Ronald Acuna go absolutely berserk in this series. 
and the offense finally came alive for Atlanta. And the rotation for the Phillies has not been nearly as good the second time around. Aaron Nola struggling to get through four innings in the Wednesday game against New York. You had Zach Wheeler struggling on Friday night against Atlanta. They lost 8-1. to one. There were some mishaps at third base by Alec Bohm as well. Then you go on Saturday to Zach Eflin. Didn't look like he had his best stuff. And they lose that game ultimately because of a mishap in the field. And I'll get to that a little bit later in the show as well. And then last night you have Matt Moore going up against... Drew Smiley, a pair of number fours in the rotation, Smiley being a former Philly himself, pair of left-handers, and they each, you know, not they're both innings eaters, I'll call it, and one of my favorite baseball cliches. They're in there to eat innings, they both get through five in this game, and basically handed over to the bullpen tied in a 5-5 game, and this was a back-and-forth roller coaster. The Phillies were down 2-0 on Sunday night, before JT Romuto even caught a pitch, like, to open the game... Acuna gets on base with a hit, and then Albies rips one to right center on the second pitch of the game. So Matt Moore already in a 2-0 hole. He allows three in the first inning, and I'm saying, wow, this is going to be just totally undoing the sweep up here in Philly. They're going to get swept down in Atlanta, and maybe this team hasn't taken the step we all thought it's taken. Maybe they'll still contend. It's still very early in the season. I'm not overreacting, but maybe we all got just a little bit too high on them last week. And then the Phillies get involved in this dogfight with one of the best teams in all of Major League Baseball and ultimately win on a very controversial play. And again, I said it to start the show. I'll say it again. I think a lot of people feel this way based upon some of the reaction online and listening to the radio and watching some TV earlier today. I don't think Alec Bohm got the plate. And this is now the second time this past weekend, if you want to include Thursday, what happened in the Mets-Marlins game, that replay, I don't think, got a call right. Now, if you're somehow not familiar or you just need a refresher, the end of the Mets-Marlins game on Thursday, the Mets have the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth and Michael Conforto batting with one out. And he, in my opinion, very clearly leans into the pitch. And the pitch, according to GameCast on MLB.com, was in the strike zone. And the umpire is halfway into his strike three call before ruling that the pitch actually hit Conforto, awarding him first base and awarding the Mets the game. And to add on to that, the SNY broadcasters, the Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling, I believe it was in the booth for the Mets, I've never heard guys on any broadcast dig into umpires for a call that benefited the team they cover quite like those guys did. And the Mets got the benefit of a call that, probably shouldn't have gone their way. Their own broadcasters recognized it. Their own, A lot of their own fans recognized it. And they win the game 3-2 to two over the Marlins in the bottom of the ninth. Fast forward to Sunday night. And also to add on to that, the reason they weren't able, they were able to review, in, according to Major League Baseball's replay rules, you can review whether the pitch hit him, which it clearly did. That wasn't going to get overturned. But you cannot overturn the part of the rule that states that a hitter actually has to make some sort of attempt to get out of the way of a pitch that's coming towards him. And not only did Conforto not make an attempt to get out of the way, he actually leaned into it, and it was a strike. And if a pitch hits you and it's a strike, it's strike three, and he should have been out. So not only should it not have been a hit by pitch, it should have been strike three. So that was an instance where the MLB replay rules, where an umpire on the field got the wrong call, and the replay rules did not 
adequately overturn a call because it wasn't in their power to do so. Fast forward to last night in the Phillies game, and the replay rules, they said they had inconclusive evidence. I thought the most conclusive view was a view on the ESPN broadcast that they actually showed very late in the game after they'd already ruled them safe, that it clearly shows, in my opinion, Bohm's foot going, depending on what angle you're looking at it, but wide of the plate, either to the right or to the left, on the first base side of home plate, and that he would have been out. The throw is kind of weird. It brings Darno towards the third base dugout, and then he has to lean back over to tag Bohm, which, you know, by rule, you're not really supposed to be able to block the plate anymore, though I can't say I fully understand what you can or can't do because Darno's leg is clearly in the way. I know he has the ball, and you're not allowed to block the plate without the ball, but sometimes the throw takes you there. The throw didn't really take him there. I think there's a lot of murky rules going on here. And I think it was a bad weekend or a couple of days, I should say, for Major League rules and for Major League umpires in general, because the ultimate point of Major League replay, the the overall thing I'm getting at here, is that we're supposed to be getting the calls right, correct? There should be a rule similar to how in the NBA you can review, the guys can get fined for flopping if they review it later, or you can go review a foul call If you think an official got it wrong, a coach can actually challenge, I don't think that was a foul. I think you should be able to replay whether the guy leaned in or whether it would have been in the strike zone. If the point is to get it right, if everyone at home can see it, if we all know this took place, why not just get it right on the field? And especially in the case of last night, when they were actually reviewing, did Alec Bohm's foot touch home plate? We should be trying to get this right. And On a national broadcast, I get we have the inconclusive versus conclusive evidence thing, and it's the language that is used used in all four major North American sports. Because now we have replay in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and we can sit here and debate all day whether or not it's good. Whether it's good to have a replay, whether it's bad to have a replay, who has the best replay? But ultimately, I like it because it gets the call right, and that was a game-changing call for the Atlanta Braves, and I don't know how the rest of the game would have gone. It was an aggressive base-running decision by Alec Bohm. It was an aggressive base-running decision probably by Dusty Wathen, the third base coach, and I thought it was clear that I get you got Ozuna, and you're banking on him not making a good throw, which he didn't. Also, you have Roman Quinn on deck. Probably don't have a lot of confidence in him to drive in Bohm with two outs there. He ultimately lined out the third after a huge delay in the action. But the Phillies caught a break on Sunday night, and it salvaged a series, and again, we'll get into this whole game recap, because it's a shame that this umpiring blunder that happened at the end of a national broadcast that got other Major League players, including Mike Trout, and some of the biggest names in the game to complain about it online last night. It's unfortunate that this this entire good game, a game where Freddie Freeman homered, Ronald Acuna homered, Bryce Harper homered, some of the biggest stars in the game were playing under the brightest lights on a national TV game, that all of that's going to get swept under the rug because of this controversial umpiring call at the end that could be solved by replay, and somehow we don't have it figured out now. More about this game and the entire series. I'll run through everything that happened in it, give you some of my thoughts as well on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about my friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, Major League Baseball, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props, 
on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That promo code is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Recapping what happened in all of the this weekend's games, but I'm going to kind of work backwards here just because this game from last night is still fresh in my mind. Again, on national TV, Phillies winning a real exciting one by a score of 7-6. to six. We'll start in the early going here. First of all, Matt Moore struggled mightily early. He ultimately finished with five innings pitched, five runs on nine hits, did have five strikeouts and no walks. He's had now two starts in the early going that haven't looked great. Again, he's in there to be an innings eater. He actually went deeper into the game this time, gave them five innings, five runs, and he actually settled in just a little bit more after a tricky bottom of the first And this game, from the get-go, I mean, I thought the Phillies were going to get killed and the Braves were just going to finish off this sweep in magnificent fashion from their perspective. The Phillies in the top half of the first go down one, two, three. McCutcheon pops up the shortstop. Hoskins flies out to right. Harper strikes out swinging. And then in the bottom half of the first, as I mentioned, Ronald Acuna, he singles to lead off the game on an infield single where Didi Gregorius was playing back at a little bit of a misstep. Acuna just blazing speed down the line. He beats it out. And then on the very next pitch, Ozzy Albies homers to deep right center field. And as I mentioned before, the Phillies already down to nothing. JT Romuto has not even caught a pitch yet. He gets Freddie Freeman to line out to center. This ball was a rope. Happened to just be hit right at, not right at Roman Quinn, but Quinn had to go back on it. And they do fortunately get a very long and loud out. Ozuna strikes out. But then a little two-out rally for the Braves. Travis Darno doubles to right, and Dansby Swanson singles him in. So even with those two quick outs to Freeman and Ozuna after the home run by Albies, still another run for the Braves. Braves already up 3-0 in this game. And this is a game where last year the Phillies would have been done for. And I thought they were going to be done for already. They, as I mentioned, already lost the first two games of the series. I thought the Braves were well on their way to a sweep. But credit the Phillies for coming back. They lead off the next inning. Real Muto leads off the next inning, that is, with a double to left. Segura ultimately hit a sacrifice fly after Real Muto, and I thought this was one of the more underrated parts of the game. JT Real Muto, with nobody out, and Alec Bohm at the plate, he stole third, and it appeared that Drew Smiley didn't look back at him, and I gotta believe that he went on his own instinct in that point. Veteran player, typically you wouldn't have the catcher, I know he runs well for a catcher, but typically you would not have a catcher, especially stealing third with nobody on, no, nobody, or not nobody on, runner on second, nobody out rather, and Alec Bohm at the plate when you're down by three runs. I get you're trying to be aggressive, but I got to believe that he just got a good enough lead, felt like he could time Smiley, and felt like that he wasn't looking back at him. So he goes on with his own instinct. He gets the third base, ultimately does lead to a run, and in a one-run game, that proved to be huge. And Again, it's going to be about the 20th thing that's talked about from this one, but I thought that was a huge, huge play in the game. JT Romuto presumably having the instinct to go there. I actually didn't hear anyone ask about it after the game, so I don't know that as a fact, but my suspicion is that he decided 
to go on his own there. Either way, big steal in the game, leads to a run. Gene Segura hits a sacrifice fly to center, and the Phillies are on the board 3-1. to one. Moore, as I mentioned, settles in, gets a scoreless second. Phillies go down 1-2-3 in the third, and the bottom of this lineup, especially when Roman Quinn is hitting, it's just, it's so frustrating to watch. And the Phillies just have not gotten a lot of production out of the bottom half of their lineup. Here's a stat for you. Phillies hitters, seven through, this was courtesy of a friend of the podcast, Bob Wankel, and he tweeted this last night at eight o'clock. So I actually don't have the updated stat for you as what took place uh, based upon last night's game. But six hitters so far this season, zero extra base hits, seven hitters so far this season for the Phillies, one extra base hit, eight hitters so far this season, no extra base hits, nine hitters, two extra base hits. Uh, from the pitcher spot, and seven through nine hitters are hitting 165 so far this season for the Phils. And just to kind of put that into perspective from last night, Roman Quinn went 0 for 4 last night. Dieter Gregorius was 1 for 4 and gave an extra base hit out of the seven spot last night with a big three-run home run. And Matt Moore was 0 for 2 when he was pitching and pinch hitters. Matt Joyce did get a pinch hit in this game, and that was all the production from the bottom half of the lineup. So, moving Didi Gregorius down into the seven spot for yesterday's game did give a little bit more production, but it speaks to my overall point that the Phillies' bottom of the order this season has not been good, and especially Roman Quinn. He's just been a real frustrating guy to watch the play. He actually hit two balls hard last night, one deep to the warning track, and another one hard hit to third after the whole controversy with Bohm, I think not actually getting home plate. We'll get to that a little bit later. But ultimately, Philly's still down 3-1. Hoskins homers in the top half of the fourth. Bryce Harper strikes out. JT Romuto grounds out. And then another a little two-out rally for the Phils here. Bohm singles, Segura singles, and Didi Gregorius out of the seven spot, as I mentioned. He homers to deep right. And the Phillies have actually taken the lead in the fourth inning, 5-3. But because they're playing in Atlanta, no lead lasts for long, right? Well, Ronald Acuna, he hits a sacrifice fly to hitting Christian Pache after he let off the inning with a double in the bottom of the fourth. They quickly cut the lead to one. Freddie Freeman, with his third home run in as many days against the Phillies, he homers in the bottom of the fifth, and we're all tied at five. Now we get into the battle of the bullpens. Well, they go to Nate Jones, the Braves do, out of the bullpen against Drew, or to relieve Drew Smiley, and we're sitting here in a tied 5-5 game, and Bryce Harper his second of the year, rips a home run to deep left center field, goes the opposite way with it. Phillies take a lead 6-5. to five. Bottom of the sixth, Braves are held scoreless. Bottom of the seventh, once again, Ronald Acuna Jr. strikes again. He homers to deep center. And once again, we're tied at six. And I'm sitting here saying there's no way the Phillies actually find a way to win this game. The Phillies never win this game. Every time they take a lead, the Braves strike back. They're just that good, especially at home. And they're not going to find a way to win. Well, the way they found a, win, a way to win was that controversial play that I talked about earlier that everyone's been talking about. Alec, Alec Bohm leads off the inning against Will Smith in the top half of the ninth with a double. Gene Segura strikes out, does his job, as they say, to the second baseman. Alec Bohm moves to third. Didi Gregorius hits one to the left fielder, Ozuna, and a bad throw, and ultimately, I think, a bad call scores the run. Alec Bohm takes the lead, or Didi Gregorius off the, my bad of Didi Gregorius takes the lead, Alec Bohm scores the go-ahead run 7-6, Hector Neris comes in, he gets Pablo Sandoval, the pinch hitter, to fly out to right field, Acuna grounds out to third, Ozzy Albies 
lines up to lines out to the shortstop Didi Gregorius in the shift, and the Phillies win an exciting game on national TV with a little bit of controversy. Seven to six, salvage this series that they did end up losing two games out of three, but a huge, huge win and, and a division that is going to come down to game one game here or there. I think it's huge that they got that. I'll go back to Saturday's game really quick. I'm not going to recap it to the full extent, but this was a game they lost by a score of 5-4, to four. and the play that everyone was talking about in that game was a play in the bottom half of the seventh inning. It was Jose Alvarado pitching. He comes in as the lefty to face Freddie Freeman, and just to kind of give you set the scene here, runners on first and third, one out. It's Adrianza, who, let, who had a double and ultimately moved over to third, so he's the third base. And you have Ronald Acuna at first base who singled and moved Adrianza over to third on that hit. So you have first and third, one out, and Freddie Freeman up at the dish. He hits a ball back to Jose Alvarado. And Didi Gregorius on the video, as I was watching it, and then had a chance to watch it a few times back, it appears that Gregorius breaks towards the ball, almost like he thought he was going to field it. Alvarado turns around. No one's covering second base. Adrianza broke for the plate immediately. He throws home. Throw is not in time. And unfortunately, that little misstep in the field is what led to the Phillies losing a game. And again, it's early April, and we're talking about a game in Atlanta. But for a series, for a, a division that very well might come down to one game and playoff spots get decided by one game, I look back to games like that. And I, we're going to look back to games like this Alec Bohm play on national TV, and this will probably be the more talked about one, as pivotal points in a long, long divisional race. So ultimately, I thought Didi Gregorius has had a bad instinct. Double play gets you out of the inning there. It's Freddie Freeman running. I think they easily could have had it if Gregorius breaks for the bag. I get it. He's the shortstop. You're not banking on a pitcher or a relief pitcher, no less, to make the play. But Alvarado seemed to field it with relative ease. And I think if he turns around and had someone covering second base there, and Gene Segura couldn't do it because of the shift they were in for Freeman, they'd probably get out of that inning. And we're talking about a tie ball game, and who knows how it goes. But that's how the Braves won on Saturday. A little bit of a misstep. Phillies win on what I believe to be an umpire and a video replay misstep on Sunday. And on Friday night, the Phillies, Zach Wheeler just did not have his best stuff in this game, unfortunately. He only got through four and two-thirds inning. Allowed three runs, seven hits, four strikeouts, four walks. Seemed to be having trouble commanding his pitches all night long. Did not look nearly as good as he did in that as he did in that Saturday start against the Braves in the second day of the season. So that was certainly concerning. As I mentioned, the entire rotation I don't think has looked as good the second time around. Eflin on Saturday night he did give them four runs in six innings pitched in that game on Saturday, but again, didn't look as sharp as he did back in Philly when he was pitching on that Sunday afternoon game that they won 2-1. to one. So certainly something to keep in mind. I don't think it's a huge concern, but that the second time through the rotation has not looked as good. The Phillies will have Chase Anderson going tonight in New York. We'll get to more of that and this entire series coming up against the Mets and kind of the state of the team, if you will, on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about my friend's at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. You already know my personal favorite is that cookies and cream. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars, they're great for the health conscious guy or girl. That's the best part is how healthy they are. They'll help you lose or maintain weight 
while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anybody looking to go on a diet. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. One last time, LOCKED15 for 15% off at www.BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Kind of just doing an overview state of the team here as we enter the week of April 12th. Uh, Phillies sit at 6-3, and three, still technically first place in the National League East with a two-game lead both over Atlanta and the New York Mets. It is always a you know good thing when you're sitting in first place, regardless of how early in the season it is. And the Mets have not played a ton of games here in the early going. If they've played just five, of course, they had their opening series wiped out against the Washington Nationals. They had a rainout yesterday against the Marlins in New York. But they plan to host the uh, play, plan to play host rather to the Phillies for a four-game series up at City Field. Certainly, some rain in the forecast in the Northeast this week, but hopefully, we can get in all four of these games as scheduled. Going tonight for the Phillies and Mets, it'll be Chase Anderson going up against David Peterson, two guys making their second start of the year. Chase Anderson, in his opening start of the year against the Mets, he went five innings. Allowed just two runs on two hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. Kind of really did his job, essentially. Gave the Phillies five innings, turned it over to the bullpen, unfortunately, in that game. Vince Velasquez did not do his job. Brandon Kinsler came in and had to clean up his second inning of work, but four runs too late. And then David Hale allowing two more runs later. That was a wash game. You'll remember the Phillies lost that game 8-4 to against the Mets at home last Tuesday. And then in an 8-2 win for the Phillies is when David Peterson pitched. That was when the offense first really came alive. He only got through four innings. And on seven hits, he allowed six runs. Got five strikeouts on the Phillies, but certainly kind of the guy that the Phillies got the offense going against here. So hopefully the bats will stay alive tonight. Hopefully the Phillies, I'm looking for at least, you always want to set the bar high, but if they could get out of this opening 13 games to begin the year, they already have six wins. I think right now I would take no look, a 2-2 split against the Mets. I get their division games, but they are on the road. And if you said that the Phillies would go 8-5 and five against the Braves-Mets, Braves-Mets to start the season, I think I definitely would have taken it a week and a half ago. Get me at least two wins. Basically going to see their entire rotation, with the exception of Marcus Stroman. The entire Phillies rotation is going to go in this series, with the exception of Matt Moore, of course, that's rain willing and assuming they get in all four games here. But I would really like to see the offense keep what they've gotten going towards the end of that Mets series last week and in Atlanta. I was talking at towards the end of last week about how this offense was still really hadn't exploded yet. Bryce Harper was a little slow to get going. Well, he must have heard me because very quickly he now got his first two home runs of the year, not just one, but two home runs over the weekend, including a big one in last night's ball game, he currently leads the team with a 9.65 OPS, which of course is on base plus slugging percentage. Reese Hoskins keeping the bat alive; he has two home runs on the year, a 9.44 OPS. JT Realmuto getting it going; he got a home run 
over the weekend, a 908 OPS. Every guy in this lineup, uh, with the exception of Gene Segura and, of course, the center, I'll call it the center field platoon of Roman Quinn and Adam Hagley, every other offensive starter has gotten in the column uh, in terms of home runs. So it's nice to see the bats kind of come alive here a little bit, put up some more runs, put up a nice big seven spot in last night's ball game, and hopefully they can keep that going through this series with the New York Mets. Always important games and always big games and intense atmospheres against the New York Mets. We saw a split crowd down here at Citizens Bank Park last week, hoping to see some Phillies fans up at City Field in New York. Not exactly sure what capacity they're allowing. I think it's relatively similar to Philadelphia. I will actually have to look into that, but I'm assuming some Phillies fans are making the trip up the turnpike and we will see a nice split and intense crowd up at City Field for not just three, but four games. It'll be three seven ten starts on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then we got a nice 12-10 day game start on Thursday. So really looking forward to this series again tonight. It will be Chase Anderson going up against David Peterson. Not exactly the headliners of these two rotations. Of course, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Jacob deGrom will all be going later in the week. But in tonight's ball game, hopefully the offense can come alive, keep it rolling, keep the momentum uh, going here. And if they can get out of this 2-2 two and two and get back in the homestand with the Cardinals on the weekend and the Giants next week, I think this team will certainly be in very, very good shape. And basically, the, realistically, all that I could have asked for in this division gauntlet to start the season, as I keep calling it. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore Wilson 4. I will be going live on Locked On at some point later this week. Not exactly sure when. Have to coordinate some times with my schedule. It was a fun time doing it last week with Josh Neighbors from Locked On Nationals. Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres joined us. And of course you, if you want to join the conversation, it's always a fun time on Locker Room. And I had a lot of fun kind of getting acclimated on that app and getting to try it out for the first time last week. So be sure to join me and stay tuned for that. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Phillies. And I do appreciate everyone who has taken the time to follow the podcast on Twitter and of course, take a listen. I said towards the end of last week at the end of one of my podcasts, I appreciate uh, the feedback and I appreciate anyone who takes the time to give me feedback. A few people have actually done that. So Thank you, thank you to you. Uh, I, of course, make this for the listener. Try and make it as engaging as possible. And I do really enjoy talking about this Phillies team, especially when they're winning. It always makes it a lot more fun. That's going to do it again for today's episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. More Phillies discussion, more Phillies Mets discussion coming up later in the week. Until then, have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight.